0: system of immigration then you need to retire the democrats and elect republicans to finally secure our borders
1: now i would say the same thing if barack obama had stood up and you know after he was elected president and said that you have it now You've got control of everything, and you and and you're not passing anything to deal comprehensively with immigration. Neither the Republicans. I mean, the, did Trump just make the argument that if the Republicans held the House, the
2: Senate, and the presidency, they'd fix immigration? Well, he needs uh, bigger majorities. He needs sixty in the Senate, for instance, because of the rules of the Senate. I think there would still be a great deal of infighting, and perhaps well, can't no can't for the House. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and you don't need, there's no filibuster in the House.
1: It's going to be proven today, in a couple hours, you can't get anything through the House.
2: Well, let's talk about it with Deborah J. Saunders, White House correspondent for the Las Vegas Review-Journal, a longtime friend of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, Deb, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Oh, we're just super, because we're soon to solve America's immigration problems, once <laughs> and for all.
3: As I'm listening to you talk, it's so funny, because the president put out a tweet that sort of undermined the, the effort he has of pushing Republicans as the people who can change immigration. Uh, it, it came out about an hour ago, and it says, what is the purpose of the House doing good immigration bills when you need nine votes by Democrats in the Senate? And the Dems are only looking to obstruct which they feel is good for them in the midterms. Republicans must get rid of the stupid filibuster rule. It is killing you. So we, let's say you're a Republican in the House, and you're getting ready to vote, on one of the bills and you want to make sure that Trump's going to stand by it and you're wondering about what's going to happen in the Senate. You, you, if the bill's not going to go anywhere, why do you want to stick your neck out? Okay, yeah. so
2: yeah, if it's if it's a big compromise, right, you'll get primaried. So so
1: part of the reason you can't get through anything through the House is that it wouldn't pass the Senate.
3: Well, and, and uh, uh, Republicans keep watching for Trump to say, X bill is the better bill, or they're both so great that I really want to stand by them. These are great. And he just, he'll say one thing and then he'll say another. And they just don't want to stick their necks out and vote for something when he could turn around and not like it in a week.
2: Right. Okay. So if you go ahead and compromise and you give the left something they want in this bill, Trump immediately withdraws his support. It goes nowhere. All of a sudden, you're on the record as being soft on immigration. Yeah. Okay. So what
1: are the two bills roughly today? I mean, or is there
3: any
2: point?
1: In is there any point? <laughs> yeah
3: it's let's talk about yesterday for a second okay okay? because that was amazing you know trump really prides himself in not giving in to pressure what he would call political correctness and yesterday he he changed course he signed an executive order that uh, basically went back on the separation of families and uh that was pretty interesting i mean that was something that I don't think he had planned on doing it the day before. And obviously the pressure really made a difference with him. Uh, one, one explanation is that it was really uh, hurting him with independent women f- from the suburbs who just hated seeing those scenes of little children crying. Uh, Melania Trump said she didn't like it. Every living first lady doesn't like it. Um, Ivanka didn't like it. And so he signed this order. And Do
1: we know what Stormy thought? <laughs> Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Poor Deb's But anyway, so uh, he got enough pressure that he actually – he he'd recognized what was clearly true politically. This wasn't working for him.
3: Yeah. Now, the question is what happens next because the attorney general is going to go to this uh, federal judge in Central California and say, please extend this ruling you made that said that kil- children cannot be det- uh, in a detention facility for more than 20 days. And maybe that will happen, maybe it won't. Maybe the judge will actually change, but then there are going to be a, a deluge of lawsuits. And we also don't know, really, if the federal government can afford to house as many people. Right? I mean,
2: right. It, well, it's expensive
3: it's, to have whole families living in dormitories or, or whatever, whatever kind of facility you're going to have for them. Uh, so that's, in, in the, that was made clear in the executive order. That resources were an issue here,
1: especially when you throw in all this stuff that I didn't know we did, where we we provide dental care and education and and, and sports
2: equipment and all this different stuff, which is mm-hmm. right at enormous cost. Oh, uh, and so uh, the the problem obviously is we're still in a situation where the two things do not compute: the judge's ruling and the okay, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have the kids with the families, hooray! Mm-hmm. but the law hasn't changed the ruling hasn't changed we're still going to arrest certain number of people because they've been deported before or they have drugs or they have gang affiliation blah blah blah. we're going to split up those kids from those parents and i just i feel like nothing has changed
3: it, that's it, that's really important and you're so right because the zero tolerance policy is, is remains so before you might cross the border and they might not charge you right away. Then in April, Jeff Sessions announced we're charging everybody who crosses the border illegally. That means if you don't go through a port of entry uh, system, you're, you're going to be charged. And th- that's why we're at this point right now. Now, I mean, let's recall this happened in 2014 when there was a big influx of people trying to cross the border. President Barack Obama, uh, they did all sorts of things and they separated uh, families. They did all sorts of things because you you don't want to Tell people, yeah, the door is open. That that once that once a one one influx of people comes in, of, of immigrants come in, and, you know, a number of them are leaving oppressive countries. Others are looking for opportunity. Uh, we, we understand why people are doing it. So the question is, but the more the more you you open the door, the more people are going to want to come through you know because they want better lives.
1: Hey, to be completely fair about this cuz a lot of people are saying well Obama did the same thing. There were the same thing was going on. How how accurate is that?
3: Well, um he did not go this hardcore. And but but they did in fact, I mean Hillary Clinton said, we have to send kids back, right? Um, but he did, he did a number of measures. They did have tents. They did separate families. But the thing that they also did and that was very different is they set up a system where if you came across the border, they'd get your name, and then but people thought it was permits. So there were immigrants crossing the border, and they'd, and they'd go, walk up to Border Patrol and say, hey, I'm here. And they thought they were getting permits, What they were getting were notices to come back, for trial, you know, for before you know, judge. And according
1: they, to the DHS, three percent of them came back for trial. Uh,
3: that's right. So, so three percent. That that was the big difference. and And this administration is saying, well, if we do that, we're going to have big problems. The way that the, the Obama administration tried to deal with it is like they sent Joe Biden into Central America, and they 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 basically started telling people, to try to get rid of him, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> hoping he'd get kidnapped. <laughs>
3: And, and so, so they sent him, you know, basically they, they went down there and said, if you want asylum in the U.S., apply here so that we don't have this influx, because it's dangerous. Sure. I mean, you know, it's dangerous what people have to go through to get to get to the border.
2: The, the incredible rates of rape, beating, murder, robbery, etc. During the month it usually takes to get from the Guatemala border to the U.S. border, uh, just to illustrate, you know, what sort of ride these kids are taken on by their parents and or coyotes and cartels and the rest of it anyway deb saunders a white house correspondent for the las vegas review journal is with us there's no arguing the fact that the policies of the obama administration with the unaccompanied minors and all and just they have led to the situation we're in now you combine that with the utter insanity of our immigration law and we are just in a fix we have a system no sane human being would would ever design or or could vote for in good conscience and 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 apparently we have no ability to do anything about it it's time to abandon democracy deb can we just get down to brass tacks
3: The thing is that the reason that we're going through this is that we have not really enforced the laws as fully as we could have. And we've set up this expectation. I mean, basically what what we're hearing people who are complaining about what's happening, and I get the the separation, this is a horrible thing to watch, but – this is what the law is, and that's the Trump stand here, which is I'm the first president in years who's actually really going to enforce the law. And, 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 and let it be known that if you try to cross the border this way, you're not going to get through. And, you know, if, if, that, if that plan is stuck to in the way that he's going to do it, and we don't know what's going to happen, uh, what's going to happen next, it does send a message that the door is not wide open. And again, I mean, we know that there are people who are who are refugees, uh, asylum seekers, and absolutely deserving of it. But there are also a lot of people who they, they see they see an, a, an opportunity for you know they want to live here. It's a free country, a country of laws, a country of opportunity, and and they're and they're also doing the same thing. And it, it's, uh, it's a problem.
2: It, it bears mentioning that there are plenty of legitimate refugees and we have a long history of, of uh, taking the downtrodden in. On the other yes. hand, the coyotes tell the folks precisely what to say. Uh, to, to claim refugee status. And they are people who, and I've said this many times, are doing exactly what I would do. I would try to sneak into El Norte and, and put down some roots and live and work here and raise my family here because America's a hell of a lot better place to do that than where they come from. On the other hand, the coyotes, the, the cartels teach them what to say. So they are admitted uh, legally as refugees. So it's really hard to to take everybody's word who comes across the border and says, oh, help me, help me. Anyway.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Hey, so the legislation that's not going to pass today, is that worth discussing at all? Because um, that's going to get a fair amount of attention, I think, that, hey, look, the Republicans can't get something through their own party.
3: Well, you know, they, they keep moving around what's in it.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's I mean, true. It a, is a moving a target.
3: There was a big fight on the floor last okay. night between Mark Meadows and Paul Ryan. So mm. we know that they're, we know there's stuff for Dreamers, and we're, and we're not even talking about that right now. Remember the Dreamers, what a big issue they were? Yeah, yeah. That, that's over. That was so
1: few weeks ago. Yeah, Deb. nobody cares about that anymore. So the Freedom the Freedom Caucus doesn't want the the Dreamers to have a path. So that's I thought that word was banned from this show. DACA recipients. Okay, so the 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 Freedom Caucus doesn't want that any of that in in the legislation so that that doesn't work and then the other crowd probably won't vote for anything that doesn't have the daca stuff so is that where you're stuck
3: um actually if if if, don't don't just rely on what i'm saying but i believe that the more conservative bill has a path to, to legality but not citizenship and the more moderate bill
2: has a path to citizenship. Okay, so that's the breakdown. Gotcha. Deborah J. Saunders, White House correspondent for the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Deb, very enlightening and always great to talk to you. Thanks. Thank you. Yep. So I want to tell you more about that, that battle between Mark Meadows and Paul Ryan. Okay. Uh, not just, you know, about what happened, because that's somewhat interesting, but what it reveals about the way the House works. Well, if,
1: if your belief is that nothing will ever pass the House because it can't pass the Senate, well, then... Unless you have 60 votes, well, then we're done. We're done. The experiment's over.
2: <laughs> well, and as Deb pointed out so brilliantly, if I'm a congressman, I'm not sticking my neck out on some sort of compromise that I'm going to get primaried from the right. If the president's not going to support it and it's not going to go anywhere in the Senate, F you. I'm not voting for anything.
1: Hmm. Our text line, four one five two nine five kftc You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: Armstrong and Getty. The Conscience
2: of the nation.
4: Here is a complete disc jockey show with all the modern pace of today's exciting radio. That's what we are.
2: So, at risk of launching into a long philosophical discussion... They're cracking down on Winnie the Pooh in China. Stay tuned. Finally. Um, A fictional character who is not my 18-year-old daughter texted me.
1: I thought you were talking about Winnie the Pooh, a fictional character. No. Okay. Um, He is. You can't be pantless in the Me Too era.
2: That's the thing. No kidding. They ought to call him Louis C.K. the Pooh. (laughs) Right. <laughs> Sickening. Harvey Weinstein the Pooh. <laughs> Poor
1: er er put in a corner right next to the plant.
2: Disgusting. Obviously he's got terrible depression. Yeah. So uh <clears throat> so uh this fictional character who is not my 18-year-old daughter um who is not working uh this summer on her university campus as a um like a student ambassador kind of uh tour guide orientation person um, et etc. This person who doesn't exist and isn't doing this job didn't text me the following. <clears throat> this job is great, but people are dumb. Also, I love this job, but 15-hour days kill me. She's literally working some 15-hour days. Welcome to real life! Isn't that what you're supposed to scream at, millennials? We had freshmen Monday, Tuesday. I did office work yesterday, and now more freshmen. <laughs> Throwing something about their grip strength. That's a That's good one, too. That yeah. right. was their right. grip strength. Right. Here, squeeze this. Let me let me take a look at the meter. Um, I tell you what. And and uh, first, my my initial instinct was to write her fatherly perspective and advice. I finally, finally observed enough eye rolling to know I have to wait on that. And instead, I expressed sympathy. Hmm. And I will put the fatherly counsel into print later today. Um, although, of course, none of this happened. Um, uh, it's the most valuable thing she'll learn. That she's stupid? Well, yes. Yes, clearly. No. That, that's th- up there. That that's sh- up there on the list of things you need to learn. <laughs> oh, she already knows it. I mean, <laughs> listen, my kids are individuals. They are their own people. But if there was a little blonde-headed female me running around the world, she'd be a lot like Delaney May. Anyway, um, uh, that's the most valuable thing she's going to learn. Because she's going to be 12 hours into one of those 15-hour days and think, that's it, I'm going to break. And three hours later, she'll still be functioning. And she will learn how much she can take. And in the future, when people around her are falling apart and wailing and gnashing their teeth, you'll think, I can take it. I also think that a huge part of early
5: employment is learning what jobs you don't want to Absolutely. do. Absolutely. That's funny. Oh, I had a conversation
1: with a bunch of people with that the other night. you got to do some crappy jobs. Really spurs you on mm. to do other things.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no doubt about Indeed. it. Indeed. Yeah. That's half of ambition is I never want to do that again. So uh, Mark Meadows is a conservative congressman from North Carolina. He's a Freedom Caucus guy. Got into a shouting match with cute little Paul Ryan. And it got a bunch of attention yesterday. They were arguing about you know, various uh, permutations of an uh, immigration compromise. And afterward, he played it down, and he said, oh, no, I was passionate. But I found this account really interesting, and this is in uh, CNN. Fake news! CNN sucks! CNN sucks! Do we have tape of the people chanting that? Was that the rally yesterday. Last night they were chanting CNN sucks. They were indeed. Oh, yeah, that's It was fantastic. funny. Uh, oh, and, that's good stuff. Uh, right in there. spite of their suckitude, though, I'm going to quote them because I think this is a really good piece. Um, in his frustration on the floor, Meadows even threatened at one point to sign the discharge petition. Does anybody have any idea what that is? No. I'll tell you what it is. It's a controversial measure that would prompt a series of votes on the four competing immigration bills, including some backed by Democrats. He later told reporters he wasn't considering signing the discharge petition. So evidently it was just a threat. GOP leaders have desperately tried to avoid the discharge petition, which is why they have brokered the deal between the Freedom Caucus, more moderate Republicans uh, with the two bills that aren't going to pass, Uh, One appeals more to conservatives, one a little more moderate. North Carolina congressman argued there were two things he expected to be in the compromise bill that weren't in there, but then he refused to go into specifics. Why? Probably because they're still negotiating, and he wanted to do it in good faith. Because the idea that everything has to be transparent all the time is not true, because that makes it harder to get to deals sometimes. But um, Rep. Patrick McHenry, the chief deputy whip, who's also from North Carolina, told reporters after the meeting it was all miscommunication. Everything's fine. We all love each other, et cetera, et cetera, which is obviously not true. Um, Uh, Representative Carlos Curbelo of Florida, another key negotiator, thinks critics of the bill like meadows are becoming wary of growing support for the measure. They're starting to get very anxious about it. We've worked very hard to keep our commitments and to be flexible. Um, but he talks about everybody's afraid it's going to go nowhere and they're going to get decapitated, uh, politically speaking. Um, see, I, I kind of. There you go. I, I dig this. This is this is the truth. This is the, this. Very is the,
1: this is the hardcore truth there, right here.
0: Fake news.
1: Come on, bring it. Bring it, people. Bring it. Minnesotans. Bring it, Minnesotans. They would have said he's exaggerating. CNN sucks. That is something. Yes, it is. That, that
5: is. is something. And Look. he is great at backing away <laughs> wow. from the mic and like letting them yep. the room to do yep. that. His yeah. instincts on that are really good.
2: Whatever, whatever this discharge petition is, there's part of me that says, yeah, go ahead, and sign it. Make all these bastards vote yep, on all this stuff. I agree. Stuff. I agree.
4: Have them all vote on it. Let's find out where we stand. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Online shopping, get more expensive. Thanks to the Supreme Court, Trump is weighing in on the chance that Congress will pass immigration reform and where most of America's psychopaths live. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Yeah, you
1: going to mention the Supreme Court ruling again?
4: Oh, I am indeed. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that could have an effect on things. Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Uh, as Jack was saying, we got a major decision out of the Supreme Court. Online shopping is going to be getting more expensive. That is because the high court says states can collect taxes from Internet retailers. Today's ruling covers retailers who don't currently charge sales taxes to consumers. Now, the court has ruled five to four states can start. That's
1: a close one. I hate five to four rulings.
4: Oh, yeah. Very unsatisfying. States can start <clears throat> collecting sales tax even if the retailers don't have a store or warehouse in that state. So that would... Burr. So Burr. it's a state
1: you live in's tax you're paying.
2: Yeah. Yep. Right. So, right, okay, anything that's bought and sold in Oregon, for instance. Bought. Online, buy a dude sitting there in beautiful uh, Portland. He buys a lobster from Maine. He's got to pay uh, Oregon sales tax.
1: Well, they have, Oregon has zero sales tax. So that might be a that's right. a terrible example. Bad, bad example. <laughs> All yes. the states of California is <laughs> the best example. Right. Yeah. Where you're paying freaking ten yeah. percent. Right. So um, uh, this, I wonder how much effect this will have on some businesses that were getting a lot of Californians, particularly buying stuff to avoid sales tax now you might as well buy it in your own state oh, right or go to the store and buy it right. you know just in person
2: all right here come the emails saying well actually the law in the state of california is you've got to keep records and pay the sales yeah, we tax got on a ta- we
1: it. got a text from somebody in the tax industry yeah. who says nobody's doing that nobody
2: nobody's declaring the stuff they buy yeah. i bring it up just to beg you
4: beg you don't send us that email don't send us that text we know and nobody does it yeah now, the big retailers are already doing this. They're already collecting the sales taxes. But a lot but, of yeah, small A business that companies... makes, I
1: think, over a million dollars, that happens. But there's a lot of stuff you can buy at businesses that make less than a million dollars. And there, there are a lot of things that I thought, I could pick this up at the store right now. But if I just use a little patience, right. I, can, I can wait two days for it to show up
4: with free shipping, I save 10%. Right. 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 I do that all the time. A lot of small businesses, like uh, people who do uh, business on eBay, are really, really upset. They, this is going to really hit them hard, or could potentially yeah, but hit it's them cr- very hard. It clearly needed to happen. Though. Yeah. <laughs> the, the
1: fact that, that I can buy everything I need and avoid sales tax is, you know, that's kind of a silly
2: what system. Thanks for dinner. taking my money. Impact my side hustle, which is uh, selling dish towels with sad <laughs> clowns painted on them. I uh, sell quite a few of them, more than you'd think. Do
1: you know when this is going to take effect? Because I, I, I got a couple of purchases in mind that I might actually
4: want to make this morning. Yeah, I have a
1: couple friends who want to make some
5: purchases. Yeah, I have yeah, friends yes, who want to make yes, purchases other, this morning. Other
4: folk, yeah. uh, it's probably going to take effect pretty quickly, but they're still saying some of the other details are going to have to be okay, worked good. out yet. So you may have a little wiggle room. Well, it's, uh, what the ruling
2: said, as I understand it, is states can do yes. this. Yes. So your state's got to want to do
4: this, yep. then they've got to pass a law. Right. And there's a lot of states just oh, waiting. Oh, that'll take a while. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. A lot of states have oh, uh, oh, bills yeah. already in the, uh, waiting in the wings. Yeah, they're putting
2: aside what they were working on before, yes. and they're taking care of it as quick as they can. Yes. Yeah, you've, you've
4: got a pipeline of cash to politicians. Yeah. yeah. They, they'll skip meals. <laughs> President Trump is doubtful about the future of the two immigration bills in the House. In a tweet today, Trump said, What is the purpose of the House doing good immigration bills when you need nine votes by Democrats in the Senate and the Dems are only looking to obstruct which they feel is good for them in the midterms? Republicans must get rid of the stupid filibuster rule. It is killing you! Exclamation point. Last night at a rally in Minnesota, Trump bashed the Democrats. Big time on the question of immigration.
0: So the Democrats want open borders. Let everybody come in. Let everybody pour in. We don't care. Let them come in from the Middle East. Let them come in from all over the place. We don't care. We're not going to let it happen. And by the way, today I signed an executive order. We're going to keep families together, but the border is going to be just as tough as it's been. And
1: the crowd goes wild. Well, America overwhelmingly has a zero tolerance policy for illegal immigration. Right. It's like 85, 90% of people agree. So that, that's a winning issue. He's just got to keep those images of babies right. in crying in cages
4: off the TV. <laughs> there are 8,000 at that rally, uh, most of them supporting uh, Trump, but there was one dissenting voice.
0: It's happening. Oh, we have a single protester. There we go. Goodbye, darling. <laughs> Goodbye, darling. So we have a single protester. He's going home to his mom. Say hello to mommy. <laughs> oh, my God. And tomorrow, the fake. News will say tomorrow, massive protests at the Trump rally. One person. Massive protests. Ay, ay, ay,
1: <laughs> wow. One of the great
4: populists who's ever lived on planet Earth. Indeed. And now we know where most of the nation's psychopaths live. Turns out California is full of psychopaths, <laughs> I've but noticed. not as bad as D.C. <laughs> A new study finds Too easy. Washington, D.C. has the highest rate of people with psychopathic traits when they're compared to the rest of the nation. The clinical psychologist, Dr. John Huber, said the study from the Southern Methodist University looked at five traits commonly used by doctors to diagnose anti-personality, antisocial personality disorders. Psychopaths tend to be extroverted and charming, yet largely devoid of guilt, empathy, and love. Obama! They do... (laughs) What? Wow, Hank. The man's out of office. Let it rest. They do things purely for their own interests, have shallow relationships, and place blame on others when (gasps) things go wrong. Yeah, you know, honestly, if there was going to be a shot at a president, Michael... Yeah, Obama was an egomaniac. I don't there, think there's he was a certain a president
1: psychopath. who a lot of people think would fit the description we just,
0: we just had. d d d d
4: Turns out California comes in third on the psychopathic <laughs> rankings behind D.C. and Connecticut. So there you go. That's where your psychopaths live. And that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips and the Armstrong and Getty Show. The conscience of the nation. Let's ring the bell.
2: What's the origin of the name of Connecticut? What is that? It's got to be an Indian name, right? Oh, probably, yeah. Yeah, I'll bet that's Connecticut. There you go. Thank you. (laughs) All right, thank you, Marshall. (laughs) Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Something new every day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mm.
4: Uh, We
2: have: What do men think it means to be a man? We do that. It's a manly, manly manly feature. I like that. I have hairy arms. I'll
1: handle it. See if it matches up with.
0: uh, with, the
1: mainstream culture thinks it means to be a man what i see from all the advertisements on tv please stay tuned to the armstrong and getty show
0: armstrong and getty the conscience of the nation The sun bake. Uh, he uh, eventually agreed. He said,
2: okay, he'll sign it. And at that point, he stood up. Uh, he put his hand in his pocket, his suit jacket pocket, and he took two Starburst candies out, threw them on the table, and said to Merkel, uh, here, Angela, don't say I never give you anything. Um, and uh, I... So that's what? Friend of the Armstrong and Getty show, Ian
1: Bremmer, describing because he was there. Um, Trump at the big uh, G whatever meeting. So you, you know the picture where Trump is sitting cross-armed y- yes. and everybody's,
5: they, so that right. is the, the meeting that he's talking about where this happened.
1: So then he said, alright, i sign it. He stands up, he takes two star bursts out of his pocket, puts them on the table and says, hey Angela, don't say I never gave you anything. Hilarious. No,
2: never. I don't find it to be a scandal or anything. It's just, yeah. There's a I got a story here. Pop star Shakira maybe accidentally accidentally selling a trinket with a Nazi symbol on her webs. Blah blah. blah. It's more, more fake outrage.
1: Well, oh. she's not president,
2: but um, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, not, but yeah. it's yes, yeah. yeah, not president. Yet. Exactly. exactly. Good point. And yet, here's a paragraph on the German Web I just all right. Stop, stop, everybody. What do men think it means to be a man? The the whole don't say I never gave you anything. I mean, it's, it's kind of tired by the time you're in your 70s, unless you're with a child. Isn't it a little tired? It's a little winded? <laughs> Gives her a quarter. <laughs> hey, I don't spend it all in one place. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so what, is, uh, what does it mean to be a man? <laughs> According to men, manly, manly men. Of course, the introduction to this article is... Maybe
1: pull off Angela Merkel's nose. I got your nose,
2: huh? <laughs> oh, my See God. See this? I got your nose. Just better all the uncle jokes. Hey, why, are you why are yourself? Why are hitting yourself, Angela? <laughs> What's huh? that in your ear? Hey, look, it's a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, Nate dot 538.com. All right, We've teamed up with Survey Simeon. Uh, question ape. No, it's a survey monkey. That's it. Uh, of course, it its introduction mentions uh, gender disparities, patriarchal social system, and the role of masculinity in society. And Somebody's
1: got to say toxic masculinity. That's my yeah, favorite right, new go term. On. God yeah, dang it. That's unbelievable. Yeah,
2: I know. It's ridiculous. Um, okay. So uh, they uh, did a nationwide survey of about 1,600 fellers. So I'm sorry, 1,615 adults who identify as men. All right. All right. Uh, asked respondents to reflect on their ideas of masculinity, workplace culture, and intimacy, among other things. Um, blah, blah, blah. Feeling masculine or manly is part of a majority of men's identities. When asked how masculine or manly they generally feel, 83% of men said very or somewhat masculine. I'd be in that category, I Certainly. think. Yeah. But many fewer, 53%, said it was very or somewhat important that others see them that way. I don't think much about that, certainly at this point in my life. It's somewhat important that others see me as a manly man. I don't really, th- I don't think I think about it. Maybe depends it's in my subconscious.
1: Depends on, yeah, and depends on how you're going to define it. There are a number. And how
2: hard you're trying. Well, yes. there are
1: <laughs> a number of aspects of manhood that I want my sons to see and emulate. Sure. So, yeah. So it's, it's that important extent,
5: that, they, that they see you right, as yeah, that.
1: yeah. But, but not
5: necessarily a stranger on the street who's like, oh, "There's a manly yeah, man." Yeah, I don't
1: think about that much.
2: Okay. Right, right. <laughs> well, and there, there's, there's some qualities of quote unquote masculinity that I don't want my son to exhibit. I don't exhibit myself. I think they're, they're, they're bad. I don't want, I don't want somebody who feels like they got to punch somebody in the face, right, to prove they're a man. In the same way that uh, you know there are certain uh, feminine qualities. If, if, for instance, you break down weeping because your coupon has expired at the grocery store. I mean that would not be good. That, that's that. So yeah, depends how hard you're trying. A majority of men, sixty-four percent, said their father or a father figure was a source of their ideas about what it means to be a good man. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah. At forty-one percent, mothers came in second. About what it's be to be a good man. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I think that's a valuable perspective. I don't get it from a woman's pers. Your your mom taught you something about what being a good man is based on her relationship with your dad okay. and what she expected and and that sort of thing.
1: You're not saying your mom kind of looks like a dude. <laughs>
2: no, it's a little more subtle than that. Gotcha. Uh, let's see. Peed g- standing up or something. Many, <laughs> for instance, you know, pearls before swine. Many also cited religion as uh, an important, uh, you know, influence on what it means to be a good man. There were, however, some generational differences. Pop culture was a source of inspiration for an understanding of manhood for younger men. 42% of those 18 to 34, while only 17% of men 35 to 64, and 12% of men 65 or over said the same. I think that is a terrible, toxic, ridiculous unhealthy thing if you're looking to pop culture which which exists entirely to make money and to get you to buy stuff for your cues for how to be a man i would be really
5: interested to find out of the percentage of people who cited that how many of those were coming from being raised
2: by a single mother yes excellent question that's a good question. Yeah. 60% of men agreed that society puts pressure on men to, in a way that is unhealthy or bad.
1: I'd like to know what they mean.
2: And the younger a man was, the more likely he was to believe that. I'd like to know a what they mean. A wispy little min- millennial uh, with no grip strength. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. <laughs> Here, squeeze this, son.
1: Feel society puts pressure on them?
2: In a way that is unhealthy or bad. I'd, like to, I'd really well, like
1: to hear the, d- the definition of that.
2: That's part of the effing Nancy Pelosi. If you want to be a poet, you can be a poet. And if you want to be a guitar player, you can... No, you can't. Not really? If you're gonna... Really, you witch. Not if you're going <laughs> to feed yourself. Society's constantly putting pressure on people to feed themselves and work and everything. That attitude. Do you think that's like the male
5: version of the Barbie argument? Are they talking about, like, G.I. Joes and, you know, looking at Thor on the big screen, like these unreasonable expectations of the the body standards?
1: Or do you think it's more what you... I don't... I've never bought that argument for, for either gender, and I certainly don't buy it for men. I don't, but while most- I, I certainly haven't seen in either one of my sons feeling like... There's something wrong with them because they're not built like any of the superheroes. Because their chest
5: isn't out farther than their chin is.
4: (laughs) Right.
2: While most respondents were in agreement that society puts negative pressure on men. God, we are a nation of crybabies. They differed on the form that that pressure takes. One respondent said that there are, quote, too many unnatural macho expectations and too little emphasis on nurturing skills. While another believed, I like your voice for these. While another <laughs> author believed that there's, quote, too much emphasis on finding our feelings, period, end quote. Um, well, yeah, okay. So it's funny. The, the one, the wussy little fella said there's way too much of this macho stuff. And the hard guy says, "What the hell is all this
5: with finding our feelings?" It's almost like people have a wide ranging amount of temperaments that they can be.
2: <laughs> it's it's as if there are there a they're the variety of ways to be a man. But that guy's a man, and I'm a man. Shouldn't we agree on all things? We also ask men about their persistent worries. Here are the top. Uh, I, I only have one worry, low T. That's right. <laughs> all right, here you go. Speaking of which, I'm going to count up. From number, uh, here's your top, your traditional top seven. Uh, Sexual performance or amount of sex is worried about on a daily or near daily basis by almost a quarter of men. 23%. Yes.
1: I've never worried about sexual performance. I always worry about amount of sex. Why those got lumped together, I don't get.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Moving up the list. Number, oh, well, it doesn't matter. My mental health, 32% of People worry about it on a daily or near daily basis. Hmm. Ability to provide for your family, same percentage. Air day. Yeah, Air no epic kid. All day. I suppose you'd have to, shouldn't that be limited to the number of people who have a family? Well, it's interesting that it's yeah, only yeah, for thir- me. For instance, I don't worry about that at all. Yeah. But the worry. fact that only thirty-two percent say that says something about sure. the state of American yeah. manhood. Yeah.
1: I didn't worry about it much either. When I, you know, worst case scenario is I put all my stuff in my car and go somewhere and bartend or my something. My physique,
2: thirty-three percent. Physical health, forty-nine percent. Finances, fifty-three percent. And the number one response: worried about it on a daily or near daily basis. Fifty-four percent said my weight. <laughs> oh really?
1: Yeah. yeah. Every day, I think about it every day. Oh hell yeah!
2: Which it's de- especially today. That's Fat! different from physique, uh, I guess. Yeah. Wow, that's a that's an interesting point. Yeah. I
1: wish I had bigger calves or
2: something. Oh yeah. I think that every. And yours day. are pretty big. They're really impressive. <laughs> All the guys talk about them. I think about my weight every day.
1: You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.